Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Get the pace car! What for? Because you hit any other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Hey, race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to the Drafting the Circus program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your guest for the next hour as we talk about uh, everything racing from a packed Fourth of July weekend. Joining me in the studio, Richard Uden. How are you, buddy? I'm very good. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. Yeah, so we're coming out of the Fourth of July weekend, which I know I know you Brits don't celebrate uh, <laughs> the, the same way we do. <laughs> but... Uh, Oh, action-packed weekend we've got. We had all three major series running in addition to uh, another Tony Stewart SRX race sandwich in the middle there. Um, yeah. But uh, what I do want to lead off about is some news I read this morning uh, about a Formula, Formula One driver, that being uh, um, the Argentinian uh, Carlos Reutemann. I'd read that he passed away this morning at the age of 79 following uh, some illnesses and whatnot. But, uh, you know, got me thinking, I, you know, I... I remember Carlos fondly driving. Um, I, I used to, that's, he was very active right about the time I started uh, racing. And, and here's a guy that was realistically one of the best of his generation. Um, he doesn't, uh, he came up short winning a championship, uh, although the guy probably deserved one, but he had finished, uh, you know, runner up in the championship once. And he, um, finished third place in the championship three times over his career. And his career wasn't long. He was uh, started with a partial season in 72 and ended after the second race of 82, collected six poles and 12 Grand Prix wins along the way. Now, you know, this day and age, 12 Grand Prix wins doesn't sound like a lot. You know, that's uh, – <laughs> Uh, one season for Lewis Hamilton, although, <laughs> although during his era, um, you know, you consider they only raced 14 to 16 times a year. The cars did not have the incredible reliability that they had then. And, uh, you know, when the realistically speaking, uh, Reutemann with 12 wins was eighth on the all time list at the time he retired. Um, so that's, that's how much the sport has changed over the, over the years. But um, so Reutemann, I mean, here's a guy, who won the pole in his first Grand Prix, which happened to be in his home of Argentina, which uh, made the, the crowd go wild. Um, he was driving for uh, Bernie Ecclestone's Brabham team at the time. Um, and that, that feat to win the pole as a rookie is only, there's only two other guys in history that have ooh, done, ooh. done that. And that'd been Mario Andretti Villeneuve. and Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, Carlos had a you know pretty good season. He had, 
he had won a race. He won one of the non-championship races uh, during his rookie season. You know, so that would, you know, not count towards his win total of 12 because they did still have non-championship races there. Um, you know, he, he finished well in the championship the following season. And in 1976, uh, Brabham was struggling a little bit. They had picked up the Alfa Romeo engine. And then it was about, uh, you know, about the time the, um, the German Grand Prix where Nicky Lauda has had his accident. And uh, Reutemann was able to negotiate his way out of his Brabham contract to sign with Ferrari to replace Nicky Lauda. Now, what they didn't count on was Lauda very speedy recovery. I believe Reutemann only raced... Once, 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 once or twice. Yeah. Or it might've been just the once. Um, and, uh, yeah, cause I think Ferrari did a race with just one car, just Regazzoni. And then they, when Lauda came back unexpectedly rather, or, you know, quicker than expected, I, I believe they entered three cars in that race. Cause, uh, Reutemann and, uh, Lauda were both entered in there. So, and then, you know, so he stayed with Ferrari for a couple of seasons. He, he actually, was beating Nicky Lauda in the championship in the early part of 77. You know, he had had, you know, he was uh, up two wins on Lauda ahead in the points, but, you know, as the season wore on, you know, Lauda kind of, you know, stuck his claim as the team leader there. And then Lauda abruptly left the team at the end of 77, which uh, allowed for uh, Giles Villeneuve to take that seat for the last two races of the year. So in 78, you know, Carlos Rodeman is, is team leader now at Ferrari. Had a great 78 season. The problem is that Team Lotus had a better 78 season. Um, so he finished third in the championship behind Mario Andretti and, and Ronnie Peterson because uh, the Lotus was just, uh, uh, you know, it was very, it was a very different and new ground effects technology um, coming into the sport that eventually changed the way all race cars look, you know, look and perform this day and age. So Reutemann, uh, so Ronnie Peterson dies at, you know, the Italian Grand Prix towards the end of that season. So Reutemann said, okay, yeah. So uh, Lotus has this great car. He, he goes ahead and he signs for Lotus for 1979. So wouldn't you know it, Lotus has a pretty miserable season. And then the guy, Jody Schechter, that they, that Ferrari signs to replace Reutemann wins the championship. It's like poor Carlos, you know, wrong place, <laughs> wrong time. Um, <laughs> but he's still, but he's still winning races. He, he outperformed Mario at Lotus uh, the early part of the season. You know, Carlos was in the, the Lotus 79, the last year's car. And um, Mario was trying to get the Lotus 80 to work, which turned out to be a phenomenal flop. Um, and then, you know, in the meantime, during the 79 season, the Williams team comes on strong. So, so Carlos makes a hasty exit after exit from Lotus after one season to sign with Williams where he's teamed with Alan Jones and, um, and the odd and the, you know, the onset Jones and Reutemann got off, got on pretty well. Um, Jones wins the championship in 80. I believe Reutemann is second that year. I believe that's the year he finished second. And then the following year, 81, Reutemann is really strong out of the box. And, and he pretty much leads the championship the entire season. But along the way, there's some 
some team politics that, that, that go on there, right? Uh, at the Long Beach Grand Prix, the, the team orders come out and, and Reutemann is told to let Alan Jones go by to get the higher finishing position. He's not happy with this, but he does this, right? A few races later, Reutemann is leading the race. Jones is second. They throw out the pit board that says P1 Jones, which means move over, let Jones win the race, and, and Reutemann refuses. He, he goes ahead and wins the race. And uh, he's and this, you know, causes a little controversy. We've, you know, seen a little of these team rules that were defied here and there uh, over the years. Um, but uh, it doesn't sit well with uh, Alan Jones. And so their relationship is fractured from from there. <clears throat> Although through the balance of the season, Reutemann is the stronger driver and more consistent driver leading the points through much of the season. Uh, but then there's, a, there's another incident in Germany where Jones's car malfunctions. So they tell Carlos, okay, you need to give Alan your car and we'll get, we'll get the spare car off to, you know, out of the back of the truck, you know, blow some of the dust off it and you could drive that. Well, of course that car fails in the race for Carlos, which is probably one of the defining moments in the championship. Why it was as close as it was. And then, you know, when we get, when we get to the finale in, in, in Vegas, uh, Reutemann, I think he only needs to finish like fifth to win the championship. Something like that. And PK is right behind him in the championship. So, and, and Carlos has this horrible race uh, just from the get go. He's getting passed on lap one. You know, it turns out he's got a malfunctioning gearbox. The, the best he could do is soldier that thing home. So I believe it was like 11th. PK manages to finish fifth uh, to win the championship by one point. And PK is physically exhausted. He gets out of the car and collapses because, you know, you know, Vegas in the even in the fall, it's pretty hot and humid. Uh, but but yeah, but again, you know, so Carlos's career worked out like, you know, like a tragic hero. You know, and there, there were people that really liked the guy. He was adored in his home country. People thought he was wonderful. And then there were other guys that just really didn't like the way he operated. <clears throat> you know, some thought he was opportunistic with the, the way he switched from team to team trying to get the, the best ride. But, you know, at the same time, these top teams were, were hip to sign him. Why? Because he was a heck of a good driver. You know, he had the he had the ability to pick and choose his rides, which was, you know, a, a thing that he earned with his uh, behind the wheel. And then so 1982, uh, he's feeling pretty defeated after losing this championship. But he comes back for 82, uh, second race of the season. He calls Frank Williams and says, I'm done. Oh, excuse me. And, and walked away from Formula One and never looked back. In, in, in his later years, he, he gets into politics. He ends up being a, a governor. Uh, for the, a province in Argentina there. And there are people that would really like him to run for president of Argentina, although he declines, but that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of how respected that he is uh, in the home country of Argentina. So, um, but yeah, that, that's his career in a nutshell. And um, so Richard, do you have any thoughts? I know you've been looking up some interesting things about Carlos as well. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he was obviously sort of before my time I and mean, he retired me. Before I was born. Um, sorry, Frank. <laughs> but um, no, he, he's one of those names that has always been sort of synonymous, synonymous with the 
the sort of almost almost win sort of you know what could have been what should have been and you know, as you say when he retired there in, in 82 he had um you know was eighth on the all-time win list and that's over 30 years of racing and you think there's there'd been <coughs> excuse me you know 30 30 something world championships before he retired and he was still eighth on that list of winners so you know he certainly deserved the championship and you know his skill and determination and, and his ability certainly um, probably didn't reflect his his actual achievements in terms of um, championship results, which was a shame. You know, you, you you see guys that, you know, you think, oh, he didn't deserve that success. But there's also on the flip side, there's guys that you think they deserve more success than they got. And it was, as you say, he had a habit, unfortunately, of sort of wrong place, wrong time sort of thing for, for his career. And, um, you know, some of that you can argue as well. You know, some of that's more by, by um, sort of, you know, meaning rather than luck, as it were. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a shame. And obviously, but, you know, he's, as you, you pointed out there, he's, his life outside of Formula 1 and away from Formula 1 for the people of his home home country and his own region where he grew up, was, you know, he made a huge impact on their lives. And uh, that's got to be, you know, admired and respected. And I think he was still actually a, officially a sitting uh, a senator in Argentina until he passed away today. Um, I believe that's correct. So, you know, he was still very, very active in the country. And, uh, you know, I think he'd been ill on and off for the last couple of months. And I know that, uh, you know, they had even on the the current sort of fun one broadcast that had been, you know, discussed and mentioned a little bit. And, uh, you know, it it is a shame. And I know, um, you know, even when I was, uh, you know, working at Williams, you know, the name was still sort of revered within the the older guard of the company because there were some guys that were, were there had been there even in his his time sort of almost 40 years ago now but um yeah it, it is it is it's a real shame that we've lost somebody but his, his legacy will certainly live on um you know for, for what he did in the sport and also what he did in his in, in his home country there yeah i mean he, he falls into that category of, of guys that probably should have won a championship and, and yeah and, and there's several of those you know ronnie peterson probably should have won a championship uh, oh, without did, a doubt, yeah. yeah. Didier Peroni, um, Jack, Jackie <laughs> yeah. Eakes, yeah. You, you, you've got a lot yeah. of a lot of those guys that uh, you know came close, yeah. uh, you know, and, and had the had Gilles the skills and like that. Yeah. Oh, Gilles Villeneuve yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if his yeah. career wasn't cut short, yeah. Peroni career also cut short. Peterson yeah. as well, yeah. But uh, yeah, Peterson was towards the. Yeah, Peterson was signed to move to McLaren, I believe, the following year for seventy nine. Could well have been. Which. Yeah. Um, Probably wouldn't have worked out that well for him because uh, 79, no. 79 <laughs> 80, 80 McLaren wasn't that great. Uh, now, by 80, by 81, they, they started uh, really, really up in their game. So, But you know, there's so many guys of that era that, you know, due to the nature of the sport, you know, guys like um, and some of the guys that I've sort of followed, you know, their, their history, you know, guys like um, Gunnar Nielsen, who tragically died at a very young age, you know, from cancer at 29, um, you know, but he his last season with, with Lotus, you know, first half of the season, he was almost leading the championship before he had like, I think it was like six or seven un, unfinished, um, you know, retirements in a row there. And Tom Price as well, you know, another young, you know, really high quality, talented driver from that era that, uh, you know, tragically lost his life. 
way too young. Um, and that was, and a, was, that, was a, that was a very freak accident that took Tom Price. Yeah, yeah the, that was the mar- was that in South Africa, wasn't it? With South Africa, yeah. He the marshal was running yeah, across the, the track, yeah. and and everyone was focused on this poor marshal that got hit by the car. Nobody realized that the fire extinguisher had struck uh, yeah, Tom Price Tom square Price. square yeah. in the forehead. And uh, they're tending to the marshal. Nobody realizes. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner poor guy's yeah. dead, dead in his car as well so yeah yeah. yeah another another great talent yeah so all right well speaking of formula one we did have a formula one this race our second in a row in austria so yeah. and and max verstappen once again put it put on a yeah. great show won the race um this he's won three in a row now and he's he has he's beginning to put a nice little gap between him and mr hamilton to make this championship mm. quite interesting so what what are what are some of your takeaways from uh, Austria Part Two? Yeah, Austria Part Two, as you say. Yeah, um, the actual Austrian Grand Prix is the first of the Styrian Grand Prix. I think this one was, isn't it? Um, but a fantastic, you know, a fantastic performance by McLaren. Oh, by, sorry, by Red Bull again. Um, you know, Verstappen got the pole on on Saturday morning there, and uh, <laughs> mentioning McLaren, uh, you. Uh, Landon Norris put it in P2, was like 500th of a second away from claiming his first pole position. So, again, a fantastic performance by Landon Norris there. He's he's another one of those young drivers that's really sort of stepping up and showing what he's capable of. Um, so, you know, fantastic performance there. You know, you, you look at that category, you know, Landon Norris, Pierre Gasly, um, George Russell, I put those three in that category of guys that really have huge potential in the sport. Uh, yeah, and those, starting to show those are also week three, week out. those are also three guys who have elevated the teams they're in for sure because because here, here's yeah. teams that were uh, you know have, it wasn't that long ago McLaren was terrible you know yeah. and, and Williams was terrible and yeah. and and you know AlphaTauri wasn't anything to write home about no but but now these guys are you know picking up points oh yeah you know, contending yep. for, uh, you know, Lando made the podium. Gasly's a Grand Prix winner. Um, all, all three yep. of these guys have not, not single-handedly, you know, but, but no. certainly, certainly their presence there has had an effect on elevating those teams, which has given us, uh, you know, it's we're, we're bridging that gap between the, the sharp for end sure. of the field and yeah. And it's fun to watch. And it's uh, you know, yeah, it is. It's just also almost like a side story as well to, to what we're seeing here. You know, the, the, obviously we've got the championship, you know, the Hamilton and Verstappen battle, which is you know, going to go down 
it may not go to the wire, you know, if your Red Bull keeps up this performance. Um, but it's certainly week in, week out, it could go either way. And at the moment, you think Verstappen just has the edge. And if I was if I was a betting man, I'd I'd probably sort of push it more in, in Max's court right now. You there's not a huge gap to Mercedes, but there's a big enough gap to struggle to see where they would overcome it, especially with the huge regulation changes next year budget cap and the like, you know, what can Mercedes do to find that? I mean, at the end of the day, what's Austria? Austria is like a wire 65 second lap or something, 64 second lap. And they're three tenths off. That's a lot in Formula One terms over the shortest lap of the season. So there's, that's a big gap. And I think when we get to Silverstone and, and these bigger tracks, you know, Silverstone Spa, places like that, that gap will be amplified quite considerably. I could see uh, Red Bull being half a second ahead of Mercedes in a couple of weeks when we get to Silverstone. But going back to Austria, it was a it was a, a solid performance. You know, it was it was basically Red Bull doing to Red Bull what Mercedes have done for the last six or seven years. It was clinical. It was effective. It was efficient. Uh, sorry, efficient. It was nothing crazy. They did what they needed to do and. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy. The biggest talking point, I think, coming out of the whole weekend was the absurd penalties that were handed down by the stewards to Lando Norris and Sergio Perez. Now, uh, there was a safety car early on because uh, Esteban Ocon had a bit of a a knock on the front right, broke his suspension and stopped on the side of the track. So first three laps from the safety car on the restart, Going into turn four, which is really turn three, um, Perez and uh, Norris were going side by side. Norris had the inside line going into the corner. And I guess at some point, Perez was inches ahead of Norris and they, uh, on the entry. And as they, they're going around the corner, you know, Norris obviously on the inside, he gets around the corner faster and he drifts over to the racing line which is on the outside of the corner uh and and sort of perez tries to hang it out there on that outside line and basically runs out of track you know he wasn't hit he wasn't forced off he wasn't barged off you know he just ran out of track and yeah you know what can you do about it it was uh it was a racing incident. You know, it's two young drivers, two good quality drivers racing hard. And, and yeah, I didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, you see them, oh, you know, the stewards are investigating that. You think, well, that's a waste of time. There'll be no penalty there. And then, yeah, five-second penalty. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, do, do you feel like if they continue with these kind of penalties that it's going to somewhat – neuter the racing the guys will oh for sure be, be a little less aggressive they say oh i oh. think i could pull this move off and then oh yeah well, i'm gonna five second penalty so yeah yeah and, i just and, i'm, and not, I'm not i'm not a fan of uh you know penalizing no, that was ridiculous yeah when, i when mean it's, when it's just good, know, good hard driving for position we've we've seen the you know an indy car i remember back to God, where was it was it portland or something where like castro has got a penalty for like weaving like two inches or something. I'm trying to remember that was... Yeah, it was a block, blocking ago. penalty, yeah. No, it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And this yeah. was similar. It was like, you cannot... In the, in, the, in the words of a very famous tennis player, you cannot be serious. 
It was just been watching Wimbledon this week. Huh? I've been watching Wimbledon. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then, of course, later in the race, Perez and Leclerc get together twice. Once in turn four, and then later in turn six. Now, the one in turn four, they did make contact. So I would be more, ooh, yeah, maybe that is a penalty. And then the one in turn six, a couple of laps later, was nothing. But Perez got two penalties that are massing to, to 10 seconds in total time there. So, you know, I, maybe the first Perez one would have been, you know, a, ooh, maybe. Certainly not the second one. But because they'd given Norris one, they had to give him one. And I think it was, um, I mean, even... Um, um, Christian Horner turned around and said that the, the, the penalty on uh, Lando Norris, you know, against his own driver was uncalled for. So I don't think there's many people agreeing with that. And I think I think the the drivers have to have a voice here. The drivers have to be able to stop and turn around to the stewards and say, "Look, guys, we're okay with this. You know, let us race. Let us." You know, I mean, good grief! You wouldn't get through two cuts, two laps of a cup race if that was how they policed it. Let these guys race. Let them get their elbows out a little bit. You know, and obviously, don't let them be dangerous. You know, there's a huge difference there. But just let them, you know, do their thing. Uh, yeah, so I, that, I, that I, I fully a... agree. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you know, not not you know, not every pass is going to be absolutely precise you have to you know st- stick your note what well, like like the old you need to, to find you know if, if if a gap exists you need to go for it yeah and if you, know, you don't like, you're not a racer was it senna who said that or something senna said lines, that, you yeah. know? it's a tribute yeah, senna, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know I, I think you're right there you know they've certainly got to realize that these guys are racing it's not a procession you know it's not a time trial uh, you know, let these guys guys race, and you know what if they 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 you know push each other off the road, or well, no, you see that's the thing they didn't push him off the road; they just took the racing line. I would have totally understood if it was going off the racing line, and then he ended up forcing somebody off the track. I'd get that to a certain extent, but this wasn't. You know, Norris was exactly the same position as his car would have been every lap of that race. And, it, you know, it was, although it was lap four, it was a restart. So in theory, you know, technically it was the first lap of the race. Um, you know, you're going to be a little bit out of position because you're going to be jockeying. You're going to be moving around and pushing and, you know, trying to find that little bit of, you know. So just let them, oh, that, that really left a bit of taste in the mouth, even though it didn't affect um, the, the, the overall position, I don't think it, it allowed Bottas to get ahead of him on the pit stop rather than get ahead of him on the track. And I, I think Bottas probably would have got ahead of him on the track given his pace that he had. But it it enabled Mercedes to basically turn around to Bottas and say, hey, look, you know, when Norris pits, follow him in because he's got a five second penalty. So as long as we don't screw anything up and machine the wheel onto the rim, because who'd do a thing like that, um, you know, you'll get out ahead of him. So, uh, you know, it, it spoiled the race for Norris a little bit, but I think on pace, third result, third place was a fantastic result. You know, Perez obviously struggled a little bit because he dropped down the pack. Um, you know, Hamilton finished fourth after getting damage from running over the curbs. Uh, you know, some of these curbs are pretty aggressive uh, in Austria and apparently had, um, I think he got damaged to the rear, rear left side of the diffuser. 
uh, which cost him, you know, these air, the diffusers are so aero-sensitive this year that it's, uh, you know, has a big knock-on effect on vehicle, on car performance. And, um, you know, Lando and, and Valtteri drove past him pretty comfortably there and, uh, you know, relegated Hamilton to fourth. So uh, a, a poor weekend, a poor two weeks in a way for, for Mercedes, fantastic two weeks for Red Bull and uh, you know we move on in a couple of weeks to Silverstone and the first ever sprint race Grand Prix yeah um, that is going to be really interesting I was looking at the scheduling for that right so we have a free practice one right yeah and then the qualifying sets the grid for the sprint race Correct. and and then then there's another practice in between qualifying yep. and the sprint race which is a little different than what Formula One usually does yep you know, so that so this yeah. is, this is a bit of a change in the the thing, which some people are, you know, what are we doing here? I said, well, I mean, we're we're why not have another practice because we've, yeah. you know this is this is a, a, a new and different thing. Um, now, I, I think it was was it Lewis Hamilton that said the sprint race you could see nothing but a train of cars and no overtaking. Quite possibly, because there's nothing in it. Okay, there's the qualifier, you know, the, the grid is decided, but hey, at the end of the day, you know, your the the qualifying on Friday is going to be pretty similar to the qualifying on Saturday, which would have set the grid for Sunday. So where is there? I I think they're trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Now, if you yeah, want yeah, more or, action, or, or, if you want more action-packed races, make them shorter, make the tyres degrade more, and have two a weekend, if that's what you want to do. But at the end of the day, this is, to my mind, the biggest overhaul in Formula 1 or Grand Prix racing in 71 years or whatever it may be. I fundamentally don't understand the need for it. And I... You know, they... They're wanting to try and create a race that's action-packed and exciting and, you know, wheel-to-wheel and all this sort of stuff. Well, you're never going to get that in Formula 1, no matter what you do. And, you know, it, it, it's such a difficult concept. You know, again, we talk about it time and time again, not just on this show, but in motorsport in general. You will have, and and maybe you know, we'll, uh, the biggest difference I think is going to that's going to make closer racing is the budget cap. I think that's going to have a bigger impact over the you know the next five or ten years and having sprint races and you know you might as well put damn sprinklers on the track and turn them on at a random lap or something. You know, it just doesn't it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And as I say, I truly believe they're trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. We've had some great races this year. Um, I mean, you know, what, I mean, could you, you, do you go down the route of, well, do almost like a NASCAR style thing. Every time there's a, you know, a, a safety car, let's scrap the safety car in Formula One and have a restart. You know, everybody lines back up on the grid and away we go again. You know, do that. Why not? You know, if that's the, if that's what they're trying to do, if they're trying to create something entertaining, the most entertainment in a Formula One race typically is on the start. That's when people make up the most ground, typically. So, you know, like when in Baku, safety car with five laps to go, pull all the cars down pit lane, uh, you know, have a five-lap re- you know, five restart from a standing start. No matter when the safety car comes in, have a standing start. 
Um, I, I, I don't. I don't know. know. That, that 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 seems awful problematic to have have all those standing starts. But if, just, but just if to... you're trying to create drama, then you what what is the what is a you know there's no points handed out for the sprint race. So unless you had a really crappy qualifying on, you know, Friday, you're going to be like, yeah, you know what, guys, I'm just going to stay here. You're almost going to have like, because again, there's no points on it. You, I, you know, you're always going to have a gentleman's agreement between all the guys saying, hey, look, let's just put on a bit of an exhibition and drive 10 laps and nobody overtake anybody. Now, in reality, yeah, because you the game, you've got the, you've got the potential. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah you've got the potential to destroy your car. To, yeah. to pick up what one or maybe two spots on the grid, exactly. No, no so you really, really want to save a, that, save that for Sunday. And you know, you look at you look at qualifying in Formula One now. Yeah, probably once you know one, every, you know once a race, or you know at every race, of one guy that you think, oh yeah, he had a bad qualifying, or whatever it may be. So you know, come the race, oh look, he's moved up from. 13th to 7th or whatever, like a like Ricciardo and Alonso, you know, they had a bad qualifying at Austria. They had a reasonably good race, which, you know, and they scored some points out of it. But again, that's over a 70-lap race. What if it's, I, I can't remember how long the sprint races are off the top of my head, but it's, it's not going to, you're not going to have enough time to regain these positions. So you're still, excuse me, a little bit on the back foot come the race Sunday. So, and again, you know, you're looking at the costs involved in this. Now, they did, I think the FIA said you get like on the on the budget, you get an extra five hundred thousand dollars per sprint race, I think, to cover you know running costs and whatever. You. But you look at what happened to Mercedes at Imola with Bottas's car when he had that accident with Russell. I mean, that was over a million dollars of the damage. And when you've got a budget cap in place, what do you do? Do you fire three people because you had a wreck? And you can't afford to pay them under the budget cap. It's a very, very grey area, and I, I really, as I say, I don't know what they're trying to fix. Exactly, because it's not as if it's not as if attendance is dwindling. It's not oh. as if TV ratings are down because they're not. Yeah, you know, F one is as strong as it's as it's ever been. Yeah. You know, following yeah. the um, you know the the pandemic season with all the uh, empty grandstands were. We're, we're, we're getting a nice crowd back. We're getting nice TV ratings, even in the Silverstone's going to be full. Silverstone's going to be full. Yep. But even, even in the U S with the ESPN coverage, Formula one is getting pretty darn good ratings. So yeah. I, again, like, I don't know what we're trying to fix. The I mean, Netflix just, stuff has helped them. Massively. The Netflix stuff has helped yeah. massively. It's, it's helped to gain new fans, which is, you know, yeah. something, something that uh, probably IndyCar needs to probably look at some sort of a production company to come in and, do something similar to that, you know. Oh, God, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, NASCAR's got plenty of programming based around them. When you consider you got both NBC and oh, Fox, Fox NBC and Fox both have like a daily NASCAR show. Yeah, but they're not the same, are they? They don't have that. The problem is, I don't think now. I know we're sort of getting off topic here a little bit, but you know, the problem I have with like the NASCAR race hub and all these sort of things that you say NBC and Fox have on a daily basis is not that much happens. You know, I, I understand having like a, what I would call a weekly magazine show. You know, a weekly show that's about the racing and about what's going on and get some of the people. But every day it's like, oh my Lord, you know, flogging a dead horse. Are you talking about 
some really mundane things. You're, you're creating stories that don't exist. Yeah, you're pulling topics, so out, when, of, pulling topics yeah, out of thin air. So what, what can we talk about today, you know? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> when like, something interesting does come along, it gets diluted down into, oh, here's driver X and we're going to over his house and he's going to grill out and we're going to have a coat with him because he's a coat driver and, oh, he's going to drill some hot, grill some hot dogs and give everybody food poisoning. Yeah. Who cares about that in reality? <laughs> I mean, I, was, I don't know. Give everybody food poisoning. That's hilarious, man. But these guys never used a damn grill in their life. I'm sorry. But, you know, who? it really, it's, 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 it, it's crap. It really is. There's no substance to it. It's, it's put, it's like watching the, no disrespect to anybody that's a fan of that. It's like watching the Kardashian. You know, you're into racing because of the racing, not the... I know it was 20, 30 years ago. NASCAR was all about the personalities. NASCAR isn't about the personalities these days. Unless you want to watch a... You might as well... If you want to watch personalities in NASCAR, you you may as well take a fish out of a lake and watch it flap around on the dockside for half an hour. Because that's yeah, got the yeah, same amount of personality yeah. as some of the drivers. Some of the yeah, yeah to your point, yeah, some you know. of the more flamboyant personalities that we had in NASCAR. You know, you're talking guys like, uh, oh, you know, of course, you know, Dale Senior and um, yeah. Kale Yarbrough, Jimmy Spencer. Uh, you know, the, the only guys in there with real personality right now are you know Kyle Busch still has some. Yeah, he's just and, got personalities because people don't like him. Yeah, yeah, but he, you, you know, know he, I mean, he, but 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 he likes to, you know, he likes to play that. Uh, play that, black, black yeah, hat. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. you, know, you don't have to have the villain there. Yeah, so. But it's it's you know that's what the Formula One Netflix show does really well, I think. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's, it, it's a nice behind the scene, but you know yeah. my my only issue with it is it's a year behind. Exactly. You know, if they, if they if they could if they could get those through post production yes, quicker. 100%. And, yeah, and, and maybe if that could almost and, a week later. Yeah, now I know it'd be difficult because it, it'd be, it'd be difficult for sure. Yeah, because you're because if you're going a week later, you're you're you know, d- you know, you're you're already filming the next episode. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, just, I, I think if it was actual things and confidentiality things, I'm sure in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. No, 100%. I agree. You know, it, it's it's not like watching, you know, um, you know. Uh, a drama show on TV because oh yeah, you know, what's going to happen in the next episode? Well, hang on, let's just check Wikipedia. Oh, he wins the race. You know, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. So, you know that that's not quite as um, you know effective in that uh, to that extent. But yeah, I, I think that you know they 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 need to create. You know, and I say Formula One is trying to create something that doesn't need to be created. And as I say, same in NASCAR's doing, you know, with some of these shows on TV, you know, it's just, what are you doing? You know, and I think I'll genuinely say that I personally think that the sprint races, I'm prepared to be, you know, stand great, will actually be a negative thing in the same way that I think these NASCAR magazine shows, or however they describe them in the media world, um, they detract from NASCAR, you know, because people watch them and go, what the hell? What's all this about? You know, it, it's not, it sort of dilutes the product and people go, this is a little, yeah, oh, yeah I'm going to go and watch something else because it's just like, this is, it's terrible television. And yeah, there are, yeah, yeah they, they, they could easily do it, do it with, with a weekly show. Yeah. But 
Exactly. You know? A weekly show, quantity or quality rather than quantity. Exactly. And again, I think I think it dilutes the product. And I think sprint races in the Formula One will dilute the product again. I, you know, the, you've got a fundamental problem. You know, and, and the, oh God, I, I, I was going to sound like a broken record here because I've said this more times than I care to remember on this show. If you have 20 cars and you put the fastest car first and the slowest car last and you start them in that order and you expect a load of overtaking, well, you don't really understand how racing works. You know, what do you expect? You know, what is a sprint race going to change about that? It's not. You know, you, you're the best races you have typically are post-wet qualifying or post-qualifying where there's a red flag with a minute to go and half the field doesn't get a quick lap in and, you know, how you have people starting out of position. Sprint races are not going to cause that. You're not going to get, you know, uh, Alpha Ray, you know, you're not going to get Kimi Raikkonen winning a sprint race and starting on pole. You know who's going to win the sprint race at Silverstone? Verstappen. Who's going to win the race at Silverstone? Verstappen. You know, there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, let's, well, let, let's move on. Let's move yeah, on before sorry. you get any angry, angrier. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the IndyCars were at Mid-Ohio, uh, which is uh, one of the great the great American road courses and, and NASCAR was at the other great American road course, yeah. which is road America. Yeah. So, uh, you know, full, full slate all on NBC back to back, uh, which gave NBC some pretty nice ratings for both IndyCar and NASCAR uh, with that, uh, that, that block of road racing that started at noon. Wasn't it? Yeah. Started at noon and went right from the one race to the other. Uh, so as far as the IndyCar race was concerned, Joseph Newgarden wins pole third consecutive yeah. pole which he's not been able to convert to a win yet this year. He's had, uh, you know, every stupid problem known to oh. man befall him yeah. sometimes in the very closing laps, but, uh, but he was able to get it done in mid Ohio um, and, and get that uh, monkey off his back of uh, not having won a race this year. So, uh, you know, so, so good job on new garden, you know, hardly put a wheel wrong all day, uh, played the strategy just right. Um, the race yep. itself was uh, there were two early cautions. Um, the first one was on lap one. It was uh, Hunter Ray and um, Felix Rosenkvist got to, yeah. into one another. Yeah, they were both able to continue, uh, but they did they did lose some time and and you know finished there towards the back of the order. Uh, then the second caution was just a few laps later. Uh, Will Will Power took a little spin, and, and as he tried to. Uh, you know, keep his car running and turning around. He, you know, kicked up a bunch of uh, tire smoke, uh, which kind of obscured the vision for the guys coming up on him. And he found himself getting uh, run into by Ed Jones, uh, which ended both those guys' days. But then, good job, Will. Good job, Will. Yep. So, so, but, but then the rest of the race was caution free. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, we, we saw your typical red black strategies uh, and one up, but it played out very well for Newgarden. But the, the more interesting thing is behind New Garden, we had Ganassi cars second, third, and fourth. You know, mm-hmm. er- Erickson, Palou, and Scott Dixon. And, and Erickson, for his part, is really asserting himself as, as a very uh, functioning and important member of this team. Uh, and we were talking the other way. You know, when was the last time that Ganassi had 
three cars that had won races in the same year. And you're talking back in 2013. And, and even, even then, you know, Charlie Kimball had won the one race, which also was in mid Ohio. Um, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't really a factor. It really wasn't a factor in the rest of the championship. You know, Charlie's had a couple of good runs in Indianapolis. Uh, I mean that uh, 2013 mid Ohio was definitely his, his moment in the sun. He was, uh, he was, he was perfect that day. You know, I'll, I'll give him that, but, uh, but uh, Erickson's been very consistent. Palou's been very good. And Dixon, of course, is Dixon. Dixon, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dixon, of course, Dixon. So, I mean, of course, your fourth Ganassi car, uh, Jimmy Johnson managed to finish 22nd, mm-hmm. which was last amongst people who didn't wreck or have mechanical issues. <laughs> last, yeah, car, last, last car that didn't run into an issue. So Jimmy's, Jimmy's yeah. season isn't getting any better. Although his his performance you know, I, isn't getting I, I, better, his performance isn't getting better. But I do I do like what he brings to the series. You know, yeah, because you, you see Carvana commercials every commercial break there. So you know that's you know, that's good money going sure. to uh, going to uh, yeah. you know it, it's it's going to help in the TV negotiations. Oh. You know, because they're, they're there's, we're, there's, we're talking about you know renegotiating with NBC for next year, and the fact that they have advertisers advertisers that want to spend big money yeah, yeah. and put those ads on during IndyCar races helps their cause, oh, yeah. right? But uh, my yeah. gosh, I, I'd love to see Jimmy have a bit of a better day. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to sure. see Jimmy. I'd love to see Jimmy on an oval, right? Now again, you know, is that cool. that ever going to happen? Yes or no? Uh, you know, hard to yeah. tell. We're talking like maybe he's going to do the five hundred next year. Uh, maybe he's not, but, uh, I, I really think that he's still so far out of his elements. Yeah. You know, so but- it's, it, it's, it's interesting actually, you know, uh, and I, I did catch some of the race, the highlights of the race from, from the weekend. And, you know, there was two sort of, sort of mental notes that I wanted to make that, uh, you know, I wanted to bring, bring to the show tonight and, and really get your, your opinion on this. But, um, firstly was, the state of play at uh, at Andretti, you know what? Basically, what's going on? Um, you know they've they've got what some people to consider, and you know as well as anybody, I'm not 100 percent convinced by it. Colin Herter, you know the next great American, you know sensation. Uh, Rossi, who Rossi, who finally had a decent result, which yeah, was fifth. I mean, but but yeah, well, yeah. When, when when a fifth place uh, past the halfway result. past the halfway yeah. mark of the season is your best result, yeah, that's not really good. And no. Herta, but Herta, it, Herta it, it actually had a good race. He was he, he okay, was wasn't he, he, mechanical yeah, but yeah, he, uh, he had problems with the uh, the pit stop. He had twenty five second yeah. pit stop because they couldn't get the Buckeye to load the fuel in properly. Um, but then, but you know, you, you look at Rossi and. Put it bluntly, he 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 won the five hundred and he's had one good season. I mean, outside of that, should he have gone to Penske when they were courting him? What two or three years ago? You know, has he lost his opportunity? Because I don't think I don't think Penske would take him now. I think there's far more viable options on the you know in the paddock now than Rossi in terms of if you were looking to to pick up a new driver. Oh yeah, Pensy's um, yeah, Pens- Pens- probably got his eye on. From what I hear, a little bit is Renus VK, perhaps. Yeah, any, you know. Yeah, that that you know that's a known 
career path for for you know from going from Ed Carpenter to to Penske. You know, you look at what Joseph Newgarden. Joseph Newgarden so, for sure, yeah, yeah. So you you look and then you, you know so so you you'd say okay, Herter and and Rossi are Andretti's big guys. Okay, you know okay yeah, Herter's won a race this year. Rossi's been not great, you know, but then you look at um, Ryan Hunter Ray and uh, and and, and um, uh, James Hinchcliffe there, you know, what a, I really can't see either of them getting a contract next year. No, they're they're both underperforming. Uh, I mean, here's guys that have won races. You know, oh, for sure, yeah, he's won races. They're talented well, you know, race. I mean, geez, race, but I don't. Yeah, I, I hate criticizing race drivers because you know what? They're a damn sight better race driver than you or I, Frank. But you know, but at the end of the day, that's partly what we're here to do: it is to give our opinion on this. And I just look at it and you think, where if you were a um, you know a young up and coming driver, VK, for example, you're obviously immensely talented, and you're riding this crest of a wave. At the moment, so you're, you know, almost like Rossi was a few years ago. You know, you're right pickings for a big team to come in. You know, and if you've got the big three, and I'd argue that now you could add McLaren to that and make it a big four. If you've got Ganassi, Penske, Andretti, and McLaren, and all four of you put a contract on, you know, all four of them gave you a contract with equal terms. Uh, to my mind, Andretti would be bottom of that list. Certainly, right now they are. They've not been They're really. Not they've not been really great since. And you know, oh, about you, you know, know 20, 2013. Pri- you know, prior, you prior, prior to the yeah, you, you can pinpoint it to the the when they went with the manufacturer arrow kits. Yeah, and, and that's what they, they, that's what they initially blamed their their fall off in performance on was the fact that mm. they they were saddled. With all the testing of the aero kits from Honda, okay. Well, that era is past. Now we have the exactly. universal aero kit. Year, year, and, eight and, years past and, that, whatever. Yeah. It may be. And, and Andretti was not saddled with testing that. So, so what's wrong now? Well, you know what I think that I, you know, personally, I think they're spread too thin. Not just an IndyCar. I mean, they've got four cars in IndyCar. Name a, a four-car team that has ever been really successful. You know, I think three is the right number, especially in IndyCar. Two or three. I think as soon as you get into four, you're diluting your talent pool of engineers because there's only so many engineers you can employ. You're diluting your talent pool. But also they're diluted outside of it. You look at all the all the other series that are involved, they're involved with. It's, you know, they're almost like Rick Ware, you know, in terms of yeah. what they're yeah. trying to do. And I just think that can't be good because at the end of the day, you know, IndyCar obviously is their main aim and their main focus. But the other things that they're involved with, the Formula E, the, I think they're an extreme I think they're in some of the endurance. You know, it, yeah, they're doing the, um, the uh, I mean, they used to call it, uh, you know, the Pirelli Cup. I forget, yeah. I forget what they call it this day and age. The Pretty Blau, World the, Challenge. The, the, the Blau Plunk World Challenge or whatever. Uh, no, got, they, you see, you've got two. You've got the, the Blanchiment and you've got the, not Blanchiment, yeah. I can't remember. You've got the Pretty World Challenge. And that's what, I mean, we had him on the show a couple of years ago. Jared Andretti's Jared Andretti, he's still, and he's, he's 
he's yeah. performing well. He's he's winning races yeah, here yeah. and there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I, I sort of bumped into VIR a couple of years ago, but uh, you know when he was competing in that series. But yeah, you know they're very very thinly spread amongst those, and I wonder if if that's you know causing them issues. Uh, you know, when saying that Ganassi, they're in extreme mean. They're doing okay for themselves, aren't they? So I'd, I'd, I don't know. Yeah, but when uh, I really I, at, the, at the same time, you know, Ganassi is looking to, or he has. He uh, sold his cup team. Sold his cup team. He's got all that off of yeah. his plate for next year. Um, yeah, but Ganassi hasn't really lost a step in IndyCar. No. By by adding the NASCAR or the, the E or the, the Cadillac uh, program. Yeah. So, and I've always. Be see, yeah. see, Andretti was the first to be really successful with the four-car model. You know, yeah. back in back in 2000, but, but 2003, 2004. But how yeah, but many years? How many years are we that's from there? Twenty years ago. You know, and, and, and the field, the field was yeah. more diluted then. You know, exactly. the, the field is a lot closer than it was then because yeah. you had you had you know Andretti. I mean, they, they were right up there with uh, you know top drivers, you know top engineers, top teams uh, of, of you know, and they're fighting against Penske and Ganassi. But you didn't have. These uh, Ed Carpenters in there winning races. You didn't yeah, have the McLaren. McLaren in there winning races, you know? Yeah. You, you didn't have Doyle, Dale Coyne sneaking a win here and there. Yeah. Or even fight or, you know, whoever, you know, coming in and nicking one every now and again. Yeah, no, or, or um, you know, Ray Hall or guys like that. You know, yeah. It is, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ray Hall, Hall, for sure, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about Ray Hall before we move on. So. Yeah. Well, that's one of the joys of IndyCar, isn't it? Is, it is that very deep field. But it, it it also highlights underperformance as well because you know you 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 sit there and and partly due to the name and partly due to some recent performances, when Dressy put themselves on a bit of a pedestal there and say, oh, you know, we we're going into the season wanting to win the championship. Well, how many times has that happened? It hasn't really. And you wonder if, and I. I try to be careful saying this because you don't want to sound disrespectful, but I wonder if when they have performed well, it's not because they've been good, it's because others have been bad. Mm, now, there's times Andretti's been quite good, you know, quite good, particularly if you look at their Indy 500 record. They've been they've been quite good. Now, oh, yeah. now, now Rossi's win was a bit of a fluke, but but Hunter Ray was very good all day. Um Weldon was very good all day. Frank Heaty was very good all day. A little bit of a fluke, fluke there, but the guy that, that could have won uh, without the rain was Tony Kanan, who was also in an Andretti car. And then, of course, Takuma Sato was very good all day on, on his indie win with Andretti. Yeah, you know, he so, yeah, there, there are times that the Andretti team has been really good. But, yeah, but to your but point, it's been, it's been almost a decade since their last championship. Or I'm sorry, yeah, because yeah, 2012 – Ryan Hunter Ray won the, the last yeah. championship. So they're overdoing. They, they've pinned their hopes on Rossi being their guy and a combination of uh, there's only so, so many times you could say that it's bad luck, you know, bad luck, mechanical failures, right? Yep. Yeah, there's only so many times oh, yeah. you can do that, but, but there are days when you've seen Rossi just, you know, dominate the field. We saw uh, Watkins Glen a couple of years ago. Uh, there was a long beach, uh, where he just, uh, destroyed the field. But I mean, I mean, where is that now? Yeah, no, exactly. And you just, you know, you just look at it and it doesn't look, 
commanding. It doesn't look like they've got that, uh, you know, ability to week out. Yeah, I think Andretti's going to, there's going to be a pretty big shakeup at Andretti. Uh, for 2022, uh, I, you know, as much as I, much as I really like the guy, I, I think uh, Hunter Ray is going to be, yeah, out the door. Sure. Uh, I, I think Hinchcliffe, um, this full time ride is going to be scratched as a, a failed project, um, because because he, so, he yeah. really, he really, uh, and I love Hinch to death, right? But uh, he, yeah, he has not shown any no. signs, signs of anything other than being mediocre. Solid. This year, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but let's talk about the Ray Hall team quick, yeah. so we can say yeah, a little quickly. Bit of time yeah, because I just wanted to, yeah. So you brought a Ray Hall. We had, um, you know, Ray Hall has been, uh, you know, wanting to expand to a third car for for years now. They've been talking about it. they're just trying to get the funding in, right? So they they brought Santino in, Santino Ferrucci in for Indy, and and, yep. and now they seemingly keep bringing him back. He was racing again. <laughs> he was racing again at Mid Ohio. They've got the um, the High V grocery store chain, and yeah, yeah, they're yeah. sponsoring him along with a couple of other associate sponsors uh, like Mountain Dew and Cheetos that are you know the B two B deal with High V. Um, yeah. But they keep they keep bringing Fruity back, and Fruity had a pretty good day. I mean, he finished ninth, you know, finished in the yep. top ten. And I just wonder how many more times they're, they're going to bring him back before they say this is going to be our third car. Now I don't <laughs> know. I don't know if the High V sponsorship will translate to a full season because I, I believe that that High V is kind of a Midwest centered grocery store chain. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is why know. you know, like in Indianapolis, Road America. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, know we don't I, don't, I don't think they're out in the West Coast that I know of. No, they're, um, certainly they're not here where I live in Kentucky. No, they're not. They're not over here in North Carolina. I know that you know where my my wife's from in, in Kansas City. That they're the base out there. So yeah, I think we are a sort of re- like we've got food line over here on the on the East Coast. You know, they, I think it's more of a regional grocery store than national. But you know, they are reasonably big name sponsors that they're bringing in there. And you know, you can understand that he's 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 a talented driver. You know, for sure. And even when he's been doing the Xfinity races, you know, he's impressed. Um, he still has that lingering sort of doubt over him don't they from you know some of his antics in in formula two and and what have you there is that sort of yeah, the, uh, I think the, inter- gonna... the interesting thing here is that that a lot of people in the states are just barely aware of it you know Possibly. there are some Possibly. some some well no some of you, you most of your casual fans are barely aware of that now you're you know you're people that really like to delve in and study and, and look up drivers um yeah, they, they know all about um, uh, that. And, and even then, I think, you know, some of that whole situation has been blown a bit out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. I, I yeah, a little the, bit. The people that probably sign the checks are, are pretty well aware of uh, of those <laughs> goings on, uh, which which make it a little bit difficult for him. But, uh, but uh, you know, the guy, obviously, at the end of the day, hey, look, he's got talent. And, uh, you know, he has the ability to be, you know, he deserves his place on that grid for sure. Um, and even if he were to take up, um, you know, the uh, Xfinity series, you know, full time, he'd deserve his place on that grid as well. So whatever he t- does, I think he he does deserve a, a place, um, you know, out there at some point. But, um, you know, it'd be great to see them add a third car and add a bit of competition. And, and again, maybe they can start sort of knocking on that door 
on a more regular basis um, because, you know, Graham Rayholzer, again, I'm in no position to, to criticise a driver. He's a competent driver. Is he a championship winning driver? No. I, I, I think I can, say, you know, he can win races. He can show that he can be, excuse me, extremely competitive, such as he was at Indy this year. You know, and if it wasn't for that wheel failure, who knows where he really finished. But I, I don't think he's a championship caliber driver in the long term. I right. don't and, think. And then you know, to your, to your so, point, Takuma Sato's not setting a world on fire this year either. No, I mean, he's what, 43 now, 44 probably. So he's probably getting towards the end of his career, in all fairness to the guy. Uh, and, you know, but I still think it's a really experience to count a lot in, in IndyCar, probably more so than, than almost any other single-seater series in the world. So, you know, it, it, it could fruit you be that young kid who can come in and lead the next generation of uh, Ray Hull, you know, as a team. Potentially, yeah. Who knows? Um, but... You know, both both of their current drives, I don't think, will be on the grid in two years' time, three years' time. Um, right, so they yeah. certainly have to look for somebody new anyway. Yeah, but but to my original point, it was just like that, you know, Santino had nothing going on in IndyCar other than, you know, trying to, trying to find a ride for the 500. Once he found that, they keep asking him back. So that's for him. And, and for oh, the, team, the fact that the sponsor keeps saying, oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, we'll go to Ohio. We'll go to Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, I just think that's really good for the Ray Hall team because they've been yeah. they've been trying for years to secure the funding to run three cars full time because that's that's yeah. where that's where they feel they need to be. And to that and point, I, McLaren feels the same way. They're looking to yeah to secure a third. I think that's a sweet spot, year, isn't yeah. it? I think I think three is that sweet spot. Is that? And I think um, Ed Carpenter as well could be looking at that as well from some of the rumors I've heard. Yeah, yeah, they would, not, they, not they would as, benefit not as from, well not as well progressed as some of the other three car, you know, rumors that you, you know, the, the, the Ray Hall and the McLarens, I think, you know, of the three, I think um, Ed Carpenter would be the last to do it, but I, I know there's certainly talks about it. Should we say? For sure. All right. Well, we got, right. Well, we're out of time. So yeah, <laughs> I just go. looked at the clock. We're out of time. So I guess we should mention a NASCAR race that um, road Chase America Elliott and Chase Elliott won his 13th career win. Yeah, uh, eight of them have been on road courses. Eight of them have been on road courses. Yep, yep. <laughs> I think the the one he missed out was the one at Sonoma that uh, yeah. Larson won. So, uh, yeah, good for Chase. Good for that. The, you know, the Hendrick team is continues to uh, be at the yeah. top of top of the grid. There, um, nice performance, m- middle of the race from um, Austin Cindric. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they they put him in a. Uh, you know, an additional Penske car for the day. Uh, he's, uh, he's getting closer and closer to the Indy 500. He, he's going <laughs> to, yeah, he's getting to that Indy 500. So, all right. So, so next week we have Atlanta, Ad- Atlanta, right. And yeah. um, after, after the race, they're going to repave and, and resurface the track, uh, which a lot yeah. of people are say, ah, oh, cause they've been, they've been resisting repaving Atlanta yeah. for years because the racing service is so perfectly cured, but it's also getting old. So, so who do you know like? Atlanta, who- Atlanta, sorry, sorry, very quickly. I know we're short on time. Atlanta have pulled the perfect situation here because you know what? If they repave it and the racing's crap, they're just going to blame the next gen car or the gen seven car or whatever it's going to be. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not stupid. They're not, they've seen this one coming. They've been holding off as long as they could. <laughs> perfect situation. All, All right. these new cars aren't suited to this track. All right, so uh, now, now yeah. there, there's there's a week break before the British Grand Prix, right? There is, yeah. 
and IndyCar's got a bit of a long break because the should have had should have had Toronto win there, but IndyCar will race again in early August in uh, the Nashville Street Race, which is uh, I you know I was looking at their ticket website. They have sold a ton of tickets for that race. They Good that that stuff. that's going to be a great crowd there. That's going to be a fun fun event. I can't wait yep. to get down there. Nashville's a fun town to visit. And then, of course, NASCAR will be at Atlanta this week. So we can make a pick for Atlanta real quick. Kevin Harvick. All right. Come and, out I'll, and I'll go with, oh, Kyle Larson. It goes goes you back go. to, he, he said, had to had to give Chase one, and then it's yeah. not back to, I'll win the rest for the How year. How do we so. go? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks, Richard. Uh, yeah, no, thank that. you. Good, good show tonight. Uh, again, yep. rest in peace, Carlos Reutemann. I want to thank the Ubazoo Radio Network. I want to thank iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. I want to thank you folks that listen to us week in and week out. Uh, but until next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.